You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome to Letterman Live. We are Roosters on Old Tangy River Road. I am Jerry Birmingham. This is Bobby Carpenter, <laughs> Justin Zwick, and Zach Bourne. I'm filling in for Austin Ward this week, so in advance, sorry for sucking. <laughs> sorry um, and you're welcome. Sorry for sucking. Um, guys, thanks for, for joining us on this wonderful Monday. How are your brackets? <laughs> I'm winning uh, the Zwick family pool still. Even though I had four Big Ten teams in the Final Four, so that's going to slowly go away. But uh, man, it sucks. The, the only good thing <laughs> is, at least like talking to people regionally here, yeah. everybody was probably yeah. on the same plan. Like, okay, Ohio State probably mm-hmm. getting the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. At I'm least. in the Final mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. Illinois probably in the Final Four. Purdue winning a couple of games. So like, you didn't get slaughtered regionally. Now mm-hmm. nationally, yeah, yeah. you get it's getting destroyed. Done. It's it, a bad it's situation. It's also a little misleading because there's still a butt ton of games that have oh, yeah. to happen oh, this afternoon. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Right now in the Letterman Row Roosters bracket, um, you know, extravaganza we've got going on. There's yes. 270 entrants. Nice. Bob, Jay-Z, and Austin Ward are all in the top 10 hey, as of right yeah, now. Yeah, right, right now. Zach I'm getting Warren destroyed. Is, Zach, <laughs> Zach is checking in at number 239. Yep. Which apparently is destroyed. not Wait, wait, wait. I thought you wanted the most points, right? 239 is good. That's rank. I don't think you've got to 200 yet, point-wise. That is not points. Uh, that's that's actually very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Ohio State, everyone here would have had the Buckeyes winning at least their first game against number 15 seed Oral Roberts. Uh, they didn't. Yes. They were not good. And Buckeyes are out. I just want to know, from your guys' perspective, athletically, what is the one game that you played in where you lost to someone that you had no business losing to, and what happened? Hmm. Purdue twice. Okay. Happened twice. Purdue at Purdue two times. It's uh, yeah. The the thing that that and I'm sure Bobby and Zoy could could touch on this. I think football is a sport where it's hard for an upset to happen, but a sport like basketball, right, where guys can just get hot, start draining it from threes. It's like you know, sometimes it doesn't matter how more athletically gifted you are than another team. Basketball is just one of those weird sports where anything can happen, and it's a game of momentum. And you know, football, football, there, there's waves of of momentum as well and emotion, and we talk about that. But it's a little bit more slower pace, right, than than the game of basketball. Um, but yeah, the the games that stick out to me for sure are Purdue twice when you were like. This team shouldn't even be on the same. The fighting Danny I, it, hopes. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's bad. I mean, the, the spring game should have been more competitive than that game. You know, we go out there and lose. <laughs> That's good. I uh, I don't know. I was thinking about. I mean, we had a three game losing streak our sophomore year. But two. Of I'm them. trying to think like what team we should have really beat though because we weren't really. Yeah, you weren't better. We, than we that. weren't necessarily well, great at that moment in time. I mean, Northwestern probably just because it was Northwestern. Um, <laughs> we hadn't lost to them in like. Yeah, we hadn't lost to them in a, in a long time. It goes into overtime, and you know, gosh, that was it, like yeah. a 45 to 35 ball game, and we just didn't. Our offense wasn't very good. Well, we had shot. I mean, we had opportunities, we did. different things, and I, I didn't play very well on defense. I had strep throat that week, so I missed a couple of days of practice. 
Yeah, Tone yeah, dropped they, the ball at the end of the game. Tone that, dropped yeah, the, that would have been a good one. Nuge missed a field goal in overtime. overtime. Things that didn't normally yeah. happen just kind of happened to us. And uh, they, they were on fire. They ran the spread. That was back mm-hmm. before everybody ran the spread. The yeah. spread used Brett to be. Brett Bazinet was yeah. dealing back then. They had, uh, the running back was good, too. Who? Uh, oh, Sutton? Sutton. Tyrell yeah. Sutton. Yeah, Tyrell Sutton, yeah. They no, it wasn't Sutton yet. It was another guy from Ohio. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was, Sutton was younger. It was. Uh, I'm, up to, I'm struggling on his name. Gosh. Sutton was the next year. But yeah, they had another they had Ohio players, guy. Yeah. I mean, they, they had players. They were Phil Moore, they had a little receiver that was really good. I remember yeah, his. Yeah, Phil Moore and mm-hmm. Duque was playing guard up there. I mean, they yeah. had NFL Barry players. Barry Cofield was a defensive Barry lineman. Cofield. I'll never forget, he hit me the first play of the game. He goes, it's going to be a long night for you, Jay-Z. Because we played in the Big Ten or the uh, Big, Big 33, 33 and all that yeah. together. And it was a long so, night. So they were better, but it wasn't. It wasn't like we weren't bad. We were more talented. We could have won the game, but it wasn't sure, so yeah. over the top yeah, that it was like, oh, my gosh. national championship two years before yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, in basketball, like the three ball is the equalizer, man. If you get two guys that can shoot the three and well. you choose not to really play defense, you turn it over and you don't shoot, make well, I mean, throws. Basketball, like, you got one guy gets hot. You can take over a game, right? I mean, yeah. you put LeBron James on one of these teams, he's going to win you most of those games. And Oral Roberts had two guys to get hot. They had, what, two dudes that scored 60 of their points. Yeah, and, yeah uh, I saw that. That's, that's and, impressive. And Ohio State, you know, didn't. Uh, yeah. For the last month and a half, they hadn't shot the ball at all. Uh, E.J. Liddell didn't make a, a three in the last two games of, mm-hmm. of um, the season for Ohio State. He missed a clutch free throw at the end of the game. And then, like, the narrative shifted, right? I mean, at the point when the game's over, everyone realizes the game's over, season's over, whatever. That's the madness. And then then the real madness happens <laughs> yeah. fr- uh, Friday night, and you start to see from E.J. Liddell posting on social media the things that he was receiving from fans. And I don't want to say Ohio State fans even because it's more likely it was someone yeah. who lost money on a mm-hmm. bet or something like that. And it made me think, like, for guys like you, and I know, Jay-Z, you probably went through this more than, than these two did, what – was it like to get that kind of <laughs> crap from people? Like, I mean, people who have who have, who don't know you, who have no interest in in your life beyond what happens in those sixty minutes. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? What was the worst thing that you remember getting for yourself? I, I don't even want to ask about Ryan Hamby and the way that oh, like, well. that, that thing went. But for you personally, as a highly ranked recruit coming in, you know, you're supposed to, you know expected yeah. by a lot of people to be like the guy. Yeah, um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, and, and it wasn't really that bad. Um, that Texas game was probably – I mean, Ryan yeah. talked about it back then, I believe. You know, I think they talked to him about the, the media and stuff. Um, you know, I was getting the same sorts of things at home. I just wasn't talking to the media or anything like that, you know. So, you, it's just tough because you're going from, like, the worst thing that you could have thought could happen to you that week. You just lost a game that you prepared really hard for and, you know, you put everything into. And so, you're already down. I mean, EJ was not feeling well coming off of that game. And then, all of a sudden, you go to – your social media, which thank thank God, we only had Facebook back then on a computer. You know, it wasn't like everybody and it had in the, to be Ohio State students. Well, at that time. well, yeah, you had to be a student. You had to be, you know, this and that. So it wasn't like it is today. Uh, you know, on that level, but you know, you're down and they're kicking you. It's it's not it's not fun, and you just think like what, you know, you just have to remember those people that are sending you that stuff would probably give anything they could to be where you are right. in the position you're in. You know, playing the sport that you love and and being that. You know, with that that program that you love and that that sort of thing, so it's it's not fun. It's tough, but uh, that's just the way it goes and the way things have gone with phones and social media in today's society. Man, it gives everybody a voice, no matter what. And most of them are probably hiding behind fake accounts, anyways. But it's just uh, it's it's tough to 
tough deal. It is. It's t- you know, I, I didn't even realize that. You know, we're we're playing together. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you talk about you know the fumble at the end of the game. I'm like, all right. I mean, that, I watched that. <laughs> yeah, play. you're like, well, what they get on you for? Yeah. Well. I mean, it just I didn't even think about that yeah. as being something that was determining because there's so I many lost the game. As, as a team. You look at it holistically, and you're like, well, there was this that could have oh, happened. Yeah. I dropped an interception mm-hmm. here. We did that. Like, you don't all push it onto one person mm-hmm. because you realize that, there, especially in football, where there's that many guys. But, but you know, and I would like to blame social media. Mm-hmm. And you know, just we had Facebook, like from a computer. Yeah. Like people, I, I mean, Ryan Hamby, like, and I didn't even want to get into it with his name just because he he's a good dude. And we great enjoyed, guy. Like, yeah. great guy. He never dropped a ball before <laughs> that. He didn't want. He wanted to catch the ball. I just didn't. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And the people people actually like penned letters, right. put a stamp on it put it into an envelope and put it in their mailbox and sent it to the Woody Hayes. And it was in the same vein of the stuff that EJ Liddell was getting. And I, I couldn't believe that that was happening. Cause like you said, you don't get up at 4.30 in the morning in the winter, go scrape ice off of your car to go work out and go through all these things in hopes of losing. And the passion that makes Ohio State, the Buckeye Nation, great. What it like, is, yeah. It, what it is, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And it's a very small sliver. Okay. You know, no one's asking like, hey, Sit there and be like, hey, you can be disappointed. You can be angry. I'm not telling you to say, hey, great job. It was a great season. Like, you can be upset about it. That's fine. That's great. That's what makes it awesome. That's what makes you a fan. But, like, transitioning from that to, like, hatred <laughs> yeah. to the person where they Go ruined. kill yourself. Do us all a favor. Yeah. And, you know, like, what? They ruined your life. That's, I'm like, yeah, that's where you went with us losing a game is to I should kill myself? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were talking about crazy. It, we were talking about before we came on the air, like, in relationships and stuff, sometimes there's that method where you're like, you'll write a letter out and get out what you want to say, and then you throw it away. Yeah. But these people actually had to then <laughs> fold it, mail it, put yeah. a stamp, lick a stamp, lick the envelope, send cost it. Cost some money. Right. Actually, I mean, there was like a <laughs> yeah. cost associated with well, it. Well, I think Zwick touched on it. He's, I'm going to take it a step further. Zwick said it's people that probably wish they were in, they would do anything to be in your shoes. I'm going to go farther say the people that are actually writing this stuff and are putting this stuff out there are the scumbags who have probably never even played a, a sport in their life. They're probably sitting there, have no idea what it takes to, to takes to put in the work to become a Division One athlete, have no idea what it takes to even show up to junior high or high school practice, have no idea what it's like to lift a weight in their life, to go out and train and to pull two-a-days in the morning and at night. They, they've got no idea what it's like, right? Yeah. These aren't the people that are, are the high school heroes that acted like they could make every single shot at, you know at a at a gym on a Saturday night or a Friday night these are guys that probably have never picked up a basketball in their life, never attempted to play in a, in a pickup game or anything. They just have no idea what they're talking about. And they're just, they're the same ones that are sitting at home that aren't motivated, that have nothing going for them. And that's not well, me. They, don't, they, they just, yeah, they don't know how to deal with loss either. They don't, they, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they, none of them played sports or anything, but when you don't go through that, you know, growing up and learn how to lose and learn, you know, just what, what all comes with it, that you're not going to win every game. You know, as athletes, we probably brush it off a little bit easier just because we've been there and, yeah. you know, we know, even though we strive and work our tails off to win every game, it's just, that's not the way it's going to go. So I think we can deal with it a little bit better. And I think that's yeah. why you get those crazy I mean, fans yeah, yelling at the screens yeah. and stuff. Like, I, th- I, I don't think a, I've ever yelled at I, a screen. I, yeah, but I think that's okay. I think the, the passionate fans that are yelling oh, no at doubt. TV screens are that, you know, Ohio State loses and, and their weekend is, is completely ruined because of the, the defeat. That's okay. It's taking it to the extreme that they personal, did. is just it personal. Uh, yeah, they've, those people just have problems. I well, mean, they've got moral issues. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah, you're right. I just look at it as a, you know, and as a being playing and now being, you know, a fan and alumni, I'm sitting there 
what did I do to help Ohio State win? Well, I sat in my recliner. I poured a couple drinks yeah. during the game. You know, I my, yelled at the refs a couple times. The refs, my emotions <laughs> went up and down. Yeah. And then when it was over, I'm like, that was the extent of my commitment outside yeah. of yeah. watching other games yeah. leading yeah. into it. Then you go on to something else. Yeah. The day. yeah. I Man. mean, I, I, did, I, I know for a fact, like, all the things that they've done, how tough and how mm-hmm. they've sacrificed. Like, yeah. hey. Had a couple of drinks, watched the game. I'm disappointed. Yeah, there's no way it feels worse than those guys in the locker room, you know, after yeah. that game. Well, and E.J. Liddell, not all that different than him, but E.J. Liddell's a good free yeah. throw shooter. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a, he's right. a set mid-70s percent yeah. free throw shooter. I guarantee you he's probably thinking, how the heck did I miss mm-hmm. that? I'm, I practice. I do all these things. Oh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. This is, I'm good at this. Yeah, but it clearly it wasn't just him. They went 9 of 18 from oh, yeah. the stripe. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and there's that there's that. There, there's that meme that social media has made people way too comfortable saying something and not getting punched in the mm-hmm. face. Keyboard warrior. And, you know, that that's... I guess that's life. But their Buckeyes are moving on, right? Season's over. But now, real sports is back. Yes. <laughs> Spring ball. Real sports is back. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break here at uh, Roosters on Olentangy River Road. This is Letterman Live. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. So, football. Football's back, guys. Ohio State started spring practice on Friday. Spring practice number two is in the books as of Monday morning. When you got to Ohio State as freshman, and, and, and the early enrollee like phenomenon is sort of new, and I'm, I'm, fa- I'm kind of interested in this because you guys started this really in, in the early 2000s where guys started to get to campus early. What was your first memory of walking into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center and seeing like the dudes that had been there and, <clears throat> and Realizing, like, oh crap! I don't, I don't know if I belong here yet. Um, yeah, I don't know if I belong here yet. I can, uh, I can remember mine. <laughs> um, I guess for me, it was walking in, like, you know, and you see everybody's lockers there, and you're looking at dudes that you were just on television. So I guess for me, yeah. a lot of it was watching Mike Doss, who you know went to the podium in February. Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. You know, I was very emotional talking to Mike. He said, even to this day, he's like, honestly, he's like, I did not know the decision I was going Before to make I when I walked there. there. Yeah. You could see him kind of working it through in his mind and deciding to come back. All right, man, this guy's a three-time All-American. Like, And then all of a sudden, like, they're rotating and, like, they rotate DBs. With the, you know, and they'll, they'll rotate different position groups at different times, so you may find yourself out there with a the guy, and it's like, oh, gosh, like uh, – you can make a call kind of quiet because, like, <laughs> yeah. if it's too loud and they hear me and it's yeah. wrong. And it's wrong. You're, and yeah. like, hey, make it. And you yell and you're like, you're kind of afraid. Like, there's trepidation. Like, this uh, dude knows everything yeah. about it. And you just don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And so you see these guys. That's where the transition. And it's a little bit different now because of, you know, Burma. I mean, you're chasing dudes down at high schools in right. Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot more focus around it. I guess it kind of started a little bit when we were coming out. But, you know, you go from being a guy who's playing high school football and maybe there's some coverage with recruiting. One of the bigger guys on the field, yeah, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. To where everybody's elite, and you watch these guys now play on national television yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they're All-Americans in Ohio State, like, all right, he's going to the NFL next year. He's going oh, to the yeah. NFL next year. And, like, I just came from Lancaster High School. Yeah. So this is uh, it's a fairly significant jump. They're, oh. they're one step away from being professional. You're one step away from just <laughs> getting a diploma. Yeah. Graduation party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll, I'll never forget mine. It wasn't necessarily before I got there. But it was like one of the first practices where I had to do inside drill. 
you know, because one quarterback always goes with the offensive line, defensive line, they do inside, you hand the ball off, make some calls, you know, if there's a check or something. And I'll never forget, Alex Stepanovich was the uh, the center at that time. And I came from, you know, Maslin, we had some big offensive linemen, you know, 6'4", right. you know, <laughs> in high school is pretty good size offensive line. But, I mean, these guys are 6'5", 6'6", 330 pounds. On, I mean, every one of them. The ass on Alex Stepanovich, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is, these are grown, grown men. And like Bobby said, you don't want to, you're making checks. Yeah. Alex, <laughs> hey, we're good, right? You know, like, hey, we're good. Cause you don't want to mess up. Cause these are, you know, grown men. They've been there that, you know, they've been on TV, they've been through it all. And, uh, you know, so that was like the first, like, oh, you know, oh crap. I, you know, I remember thinking, this is the real deal, Holyfield, and uh, you know, you, but you make it through. You get in, and you, once you're, you once you meet the guys, and you're in the program, and you're lifting, and you know, you see kind of what all goes into it. You, you start to get in line. Yeah, yeah. I think my thing is when you first walk in there, those first couple team meetings, it's like you're trying to find the lay of the land, right? You've are you've always been there as a recruit, and you go in there. It's kind of like you're chauffeured around, right? And you do the thing, but then when you're actually there and you're supposed to be a quote-unquote grown man and you've got meetings and this and that. It's like, okay, you kind of try and blend in with the crowd and just move with the masses and be like, okay, I'm in my seat, team meeting. Okay, got it. Sit there, pay attention. It's um, You just try and find the routine, try and find the way to kind of fit in, right, and just make sure that you're not the young guy that looks clueless. And so um, that was my biggest thing. But you you go in there and guys like Cam Hayward and – you know, it just massive dudes yeah. that are, you know, that that were seniors when I was freshman. I'm like, my gosh, like yeah. this is this is crazy. You know, three months earlier, I was playing the Golden Gales, you know, and <laughs> on a football field, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I I think that's crazy. I think the very first time it. You know, in the meeting room, you finally get to a point like, okay, I'm I'm playing these guys, I'm good. The crazy thing for me was, I think it hit me was I actually started as a true freshman, right? The very first game, I'm running out against Navy, and I'm starting, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go, right? Well, first game gets by, you're good. Well, the second game of my freshman year, I'm sitting there starting. It's college game day, and we're playing USC at night. And I'm like, oh, man, right? I think that's the first (laughs) time it it hit me where I'm like, okay, Taylor Mays is a safety, and Taylor Mays is a 6'4 bruiser, and I know, like, I'm going against him. I forget who some of the linebackers were, but it was obviously the year after Cushing and those guys had left. So some guys were filling in and are, you know, getting into those positions. But I think that was the first time where I'm like, oh, my gosh, a year ago I am sitting here on a high school football yeah. field and now it's college game day. I'm two games in and, you know, I'm like Zwick said, I'm you're still trying to find your way on a football field. Like, OK, the game is moving fast, especially in a game like this. I just got to make sure I'm looking at everything and picking up pass pro correctly and communicating with, you know, Boom Heron behind me and doing those things. How does it make you feel that Ohio State threw away the fullback <laughs> position? <laughs> They're like, we, we do not want any more of these. Oh, uh, hey. That's the last yeah, one. I mean, that was the last one, man. That was it, you know. they Couldn't they, have another one after Zach yeah. Bourne came through. I don't know. Man, maybe, maybe it's because they didn't like me. They were like, hey, <laughs> no, no, like we cannot like have guy. any more of this. No. <laughs> Can't have any more of that. I, I like to go back to your guys' recruiting class. And your guys, it sounds like a weird thing to say. I don't know if I say that correctly, but whatever. Yins. Yeah. So, Yins. The recruiting class in 2002 was really, for me, and I've obviously been covering recruiting a long time now, And but you guys, that class 
was the first time I really like watched it intently. And I remember sitting on a computer waiting for Mike D'Andrea to make his college <laughs> decision. D. I remember reading all about Derek Morris. Yeah, uh, I remember Derek. And, and yeah. the uh, recruitment that was happening around him. And I think that it's just wild to see how things have gone now because you see the Ohio State like uh, official account posting all these photos of the young guys, like the true freshmen, because they're worried about name, image, likeness down the road and all this stuff. How different would your life have been if Ohio State would have been pumping sunshine up your butt when you were before you even got on campus? I don't know. I mean, I go through now and look at the recruiting visits, and they come in, and they've got like a a logo and like a brand plan. And oh, all really? These, oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, gosh. I'm like, I didn't man, know that. It's, a, it's unreal. I'm like, their marketing team that they have and what they do for these, these players – I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, they have four people like dedicated really? to. It's like, oh yeah, Ari Gold media. coming in. What are we gonna do for them? It's ba- it's basically what yeah. it is. And so I don't know. I mean, I think probably the world's in a different place right now to where you know all those things have kind of been popularized. But you know, the I, I'll never forget Mark D'Antonio was my recruiting coach, and he's from Zanesville, famously Ohio. known for sunshine pumping. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. If you've ever watched a Michigan State football game, Mark always looks like he's having a good yeah, time. Always very. Very happy. Smile just always so on his two, face. So two, two quick stories about that is, you know, your freshman year, you're getting yelled at all the time. I mean, it's it's intense. It's like you're more you're more afraid in, like, camp early on in, in practice than I ever was in the games because yeah. coaches, I mean, it's dead silent. You hear them, and the last thing you want is your name to be yelled mm-hmm. across. What are you doing? Set the front. Get this. Make the call. Where are you lined up? I mean, you're like, oh, and the, the, the panic sets in, and you know, it always regresses you further. Uh, but I remember joking with you know, Coach D'Antonio probably midway through, and I mean it's it's just the common joke like yeah you're done recruiting you're signed now <laughs> yeah. whatever it's like getting married okay the the, the facade is over mm-hmm. and he's like hey what are you jogging in I'm like Coach I mean you never laugh or joke with us anymore you know, we used to always have fun in recruiting like he always asks how are you doing he's like hey Bobby he's like outside of practice and meetings and games i'm the same guy that recruited you and i'm like but but when do i see you outside these times <laughs> not going to your house and hanging out and and then with that you know fast forward i guess that have been 2002 fast forward to 2008 my wife were getting married coach d'antonio comes in with his wife becky uh they flew in like a little bit late because michigan state was playing that day we got married on march 15th and my wife had had a, a couple drinks and come up say hi to becky my parents are talking and he gives her a smile and hugs, and she goes, I think that's the first time I've seen you smile. And, like, his wife, like, elbows him. She's like, I tell him to smile more. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Coach, you look like the most miserable guy uh-huh. ever. You tell me how much you love football, but every time yeah. during the game, you look like a hostage. Well, I'll never forget coming on another base. Off. I was, you know, scout team freshman year, so, oh, yeah. you know, if scout team did good, we got yelled at. If right. scout team did bad, we got yelled at. You know, Dino was the guy, and I'll never throw forget. it to the guy that's uh, circled. Yeah, 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 don't throw it to the guy that's open. Throw it to the guy that's where they're gonna throw it. But I remember coming off the field one time after he just—I think we just got done doing up downs or something. You know, that scout team <laughs> offense. And I'll never forget. I think he like just threw his arm around my shoulder and just kind of looked at me and just gave me a smirk. And it's yeah. just like then he, you know, I'm like, all right, he doesn't seem like such a bad guy. But yeah, he's intense. Uh, but going back to the recruiting, I mean, it was. Gosh, I don't, I don't know if you remember, Bob, but I I called. Oh yeah, 20-some guys back then because I, I, I committed really early. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that would be way different nowadays because, I mean, I had to f- 
find. You had to find the phone I had, numbers. I had to find phone numbers yeah. to call these guys. You had to call information. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm calling, you know, Southern Robert Carpenter. Yeah, I'm calling. Uh, I mean, I was calling guys down in like Southern, you know, Miami, yeah. where like parents weren't talking English. I'm, uh, hi, you know, I'm trying to tell them who I am and what I'm trying to, who I'm trying to talk to. What are you selling? Yeah, it is kind of like that, but uh, it may be way different nowadays because you got your Twitter handles and everybody has social media, so you just reach out that way. But uh, yeah, I mean. It was wild just being an 18-year-old calling guys you never met before and just talking to them about Ohio State football or, you know, trying to I'm hope try- they knew who you were when you said your name. I'm trying to envision how you got a hold of Chris Gamble. Oh, well, he was already there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Did he, you talk to San Antonio before? I talked to San Antonio. Um, interesting. I talk, the, the one was a guy out of Florida. He went to my John Baptiste or something. John Baptiste, is that? Gosh. Anyhow, his family didn't speak much English. It was It was rough. <laughs> But I just I'll never. It sounds Haitian. I, I, yeah. yeah, it was something along those. But uh, yeah, I, it, it was different. It was fun. I mean, we had a great recruiting class that year, and uh, you know, if I had a small part in that, that's, you know, that's that's fun for me. But uh, you know, guys like Bob and you know AJ and I mean Mike. And Mike was the big one back then. You know, um, gosh, I called I called Doug Daddish. He was on a trip to Colorado for his official. Oh yeah. And I when I get Doug on the phone. He's like, you know, we start talking, and he's like, yeah, actually, uh, you know, we had to we had to land halfway to Colorado because we had problems with the plane. And I'm like, well, that's a sign you need to, you know, stay in state at Ohio, you know. But, uh, you know, just little things like that I remember, but it would be way different nowadays, man. Gosh, I couldn't even imagine. Urban, Urban always was pumping sunshine for you, so. <laughs> well, sunshine. I had Joe Daniels. He was the nicest guy ever. How, yeah. how would life have been different for you? You weren't, you know, one of the, the higher recruited, uh, recruited guys coming into your class, Zach, but – what what did you expect when you got on campus for that first couple weeks and, and you started to see, like, that life was changing and that you were being de-recruited? Um, yeah, so I came in early, yeah. and, and back then it was still really new. Um, so in my class, there were four of us. It was myself, Adam Holman, Jack Muhort, and Storm Klein. And so, like, us four came in early together and uh, kind of hung together. I think it'd be so much different now with – what is it? Sixteen guys yeah, or whatever. 15 yeah, early in the yeah, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Or, 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 yeah, that. Yeah, that basically is your class. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's um. So I think it's completely different. So back then we kind of had our group and the thing that would be hard now compared to back then is recruiting is so hyped up, right? Yeah. Even when I, even when I came here in 2009, like, yeah, re- recruiting was big. Rivals and scout was starting to, you know, really make a big push, but. You know, the social media wasn't massive like it is yeah. now, right? You weren't being just pumped up nonstop. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the social media being pumped up and all of the edits and photos and, you know, all of that stuff and now coming in and having to be put into place is such a culture shock to some kids to go from here to all the way down there. I think back then it's kind of hey, you come in, you roll with the punches. I mean, there wasn't that much of a – yeah, you probably had more of a personal relationship with your recruiting coach than you did when you actually got to college. But at some point, you have to make decision, hey, I'm going to put my head down and grind, right? I mean, my recruiting class had a whole bunch of five-star kids like Jamal Berry and Dorian oh, yeah. Bell. And oh, uh, I mean, my God, yeah, Jonathan Newsome. And like some of those guys that you know, never made it, right? Yeah. Duran Carter was in my class, five-star kid, right? I think we had four five-star – kids and all four of them never made it Corey right brown. yeah Corey brown was he up there it, yeah pittsburgh yeah pittsburgh brown right so like all these guys were super highly ranked kids but at the end of the day jordan whiting right i mean we can name all these guys from that class and um 
at the end of the day, you have to put your head down and grind no matter what. So and when, it's, you, yeah. when you came in early, were you hoping to be the next AJ Trapasso? Was that the, was no, that the deal? No, no, not really at all. Really slow, uh, slow, uh, slow. Uh, yeah, he, Bob, I was not trying to be trapped. I'm just trying to think AJ, about. AJ uh, made a splash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think about Zach Storm Klein. Ross Homan and Jack Muhor hanging Adam out. Homer. Adam Homan is Adam, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. All these guys hanging out together likely was an uh, interesting a conversation. Late uh, night benching it, going on in the yeah, apartment. It, yeah, it was. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird dynamic, that's for sure. How but. long did it take for you to feel like you were a part of the team as far as the older guys actually accepting Ooh. you as freshmen? Um, I think probably, you know, when you maybe start school, somewhere between the end of camp and probably the start of – because we used to have – we were on quarters, so we had like three weeks Mm -hmm. in between. So once you kind of start getting through the non-conference, you got a little bit of a body of work there. I think at that point you can kind of start feeling – and I would come up and work out in the summer. So I knew some of the defensive guys – you know, but it's really just my position group. You yeah. know, I wasn't venturing too much outside mm-hmm. of that. And I would definitely wasn't talking to guys on the offensive side of the ball. I, mean, I didn't know anything about them. So it was probably at that point where, you know, you completed camp. Like, okay, this guy showed up every day. You kind of see what you can do a little bit. And then, you know, maybe you get a couple games under your belt too. So it's probably somewhere in there. But you never really feel like your freshman year, I mean, you're, you're just running on a treadmill. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, it's over, and it's like, okay, we're done. And then, okay, like 20 guys leave the team. And now yeah. you realize, like, how college football churns. On the flip side, though, when you were veterans, who was the uh, – say a name if you want. I don't care. I'm not say protecting name. anyone's feelings. Who was the one guy that came in as a freshman that you were like, I can't wait to beat the crap out of this kid? Oh, goodness. That's, that doesn't <laughs> sound very nice, Burn. Yeah. I mean, nice beat person. the crap out of I'm not a nice per- – well, geez, geez, yeah. you're playing quarterback. You weren't beating the crap out but of him. But, I, I mean, mentally, yeah. Robbie showing off, I beat the crap <laughs> out of him. <laughs> I used to – I loved I, And I, I saw him years later, and I apologized to him. <laughs> oh. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I was just—I would give him—I would give him a bunch of crap when I was a senior. So you probably don't remember this because you would have been over with the offense. So he was our scout team quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he threw a pick one day, and I was running back, and the two people you block on interceptions, the intended receiver and the yeah, quarterback, and I think I lit him up. <laughs> it was, it was, probably like six plays <laughs> later, they dial one up on a reverse, and he doubles back, and I was rushing off the edge. And just smokes because Robbie was a big dude. He was a big Knocks dude. Knocks me off yeah. my feet. And Great I like, kid. I looked at him like, I had that coming, man. Yeah. Like, I got no problem with yeah. him. We used to, we used to ride those guys pretty hard. Used to ride. You know, and he, when I apologized, he was like, that was good for me, man. He was like, I'm glad you did that, you know, looking back on it. But I was like, well, I'm glad you say that now because I've felt bad for a long time. Antonio Hinton was another one. You remember Antonio? Oh, gosh. Tone was, he was my guy, but I'd always joke with him. I said, Coach Daniels, can we put his recruiting tape on just to see what got him here, please? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, that's how bad it was in the quarterback room. But Troy and I, we we were pretty tough on the young guys. I, I don't know. I, I don't You're just Mr. Friendly to everyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> so friendly. I, 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 Bob would go around. like I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I used to fight all the time in practice, but I think it was one of those things where you get to a point where if you are nice to everyone, like I, I – Talk to everyone. Didn't matter if you're offense, defense. Like I knew. Back to Bob's answer. Once you start hitting the hitting the season, you get through camp and everything. You start hitting the season and the locker room. That's when the locker room kind of becomes closer because it's like, hey, we're in the middle of the season. We're fighting together. Like you know, you, you kind of get your quirks about it, right? The funny stories start happening, and um, that's when you kind of become a team and become tight. And so, I knew how I felt coming in early, and so I always 
tried welcoming the guys or whatever. So it's always a, a respect thing. You know, there were guys that, not even young guys, but like Dorian Bell and I would fight all the time. And I I would just hammer him all practice long and tell him I was going to keep on coming after him, right? But yeah. it was a respect thing. Like, were we hanging out off, out, you know, off the field, off the practice field? No. But on the, you know, on the field, in the locker room, like, we were cool. It was never one of those things where I want to make life's, you know, someone's life miserable. Carlos Hyde and I got, got into a fist fight in a players-only team meeting. And uh, Carlos and I are still super tight, right? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, one of those. Well, you, you, yeah. know, you know guys that you can kind of get on, you know, I mean, and yeah. kind of give it to a little bit. And they'll come back at you some yeah. here and there. But, I mean, that's part of being in the locker room. It's like you're in there with your brothers kind of, you know. Like, no doubt it is. You're and giving that, your brothers yeah. crap for stuff they do, and they give you yep. crap for stuff you do. I think that's the way I treated it, right? I never wanted to go after someone where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to wear this dude down. Granted, yeah. th- there's guys where you're like, hey, I don't know if he's going to make it based off of the way he's responding to certain things, the way mm-hmm. you know he's looking dejected after a practice or whatever it might be. But it, it, it's a locker room with 105 guys. It's a, it's a brotherly feel, right? There's guys that you know that you can just hammer on and you can get it right back and uh, there's a rivalry there, but then there's other, also And then other you learn the ones that you can't really do no that doubt. too. And, no doubt. You know, exactly. Gonna... And part of it is, you know, and I said it's kind of you know between the end of camp and the season because some of these guys, when you're young, you realize that they're going to be playing on special teams mm, and maybe yeah. rotating in. And so part of the thing is everyone gets in it like, hey, not hazing or anything, but just being – you've got to be hard on these guys because right. they've got yeah. to understand the gravity of what mm-hmm. is going to happen. You're going to be out there in front of 100,000 people. It's not just you. It's the other 10 guys on the field. It's the people on the other side of the ball. Yeah. It's everything yeah. that goes into it. And so you learn you know, to ride them a little bit and then to – you know, when you can bring them back. And sometimes you know, it's, it's putting an arm around them too. Yep. And so you kind of develop that. But uh, also – and you, since you just you mentioned our recruiting class, the class probably the class where I think after us, in between, that some of those guys who were around was like yeah, none of them really made after it. After us, yeah, it was a I small class. I mean the the Brandon the Brandon Moppin, yeah, um, the Reggie Smith. I mean Lewis. We used to grind on those. Ira. Lewis could play. Ira could play. Some of well, these guys. Yeah, well, could, they just didn't. Yeah, there were guys in that class. And Mel Tucker used to joke, and he'd yell out, "He's like, I want guys who played football in high school." <laughs> And like he goes, do I have to put out in the lantern? Like, for, he's like, I want a guy who played football. Guys. <laughs> he would yell that out, and he had this super weird delivery. It's yeah, amazing, but he would yell that, and I'm like, I'm not sure that some of these guys did. I don't but know what. Yeah, that, yeah, that class was. There was some elite, high level guys like Gonzo, yeah. and there's Dante Whitner mm-hmm. and Ashton oh, Bodie. No yeah. You know, Lewis is a great player if he, you know, would have kept, kept his head his together. Head, yeah. But I mean, there were some guys in that class. I, I'm telling you, I, I I I would love to see their film. You should have called a players only meeting. Well, and got yeah. the fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's what meeting. So these guys would have well done. Most we of those guys were gone in a year. Oh yeah, they they didn't stick around long. Um, it took Krenzel and I probably about six games to become friends uh, into my freshman year. You know, just I think that's another thing you got to think of when these five stars are coming in or whatever. There's guys who maybe that's their spot this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean that's how we kind of were in that quarterback room. You know, and it was him and Scotty and. Troy and I and and Jim Otis and Matt Trombitis. I mean, that was our quarterback room. But it took a while before, you know, Craig got on the field and started. They were winning games and things before. It, it was one of those where I could go up to him and, you know, kind of talk to him about things or try and pick his brain a little bit. But that's just human nature, in it's my just, opinion. It's, it's interesting. We obviously right now, because of COVID and everything, we don't get a chance to see anything that happens on the field. So I'm just more interested in what happens in building that camaraderie. So we're not going to get to see them probably till April 17th in the spring game. Buckeyes have practice number two under uh, their belts. 
the Buckeye basketball season is over. Letterman Live is over. We're done. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Thanks for That's watching, it. everyone. Appreciate it.